Speak from the heart. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy D-Dove. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your favorite podcaster. The name of this show, of course, is This Is Bigger Than Life, inspired by the late Nipsey Hussle. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to go after your dreams in unconditional love because what you see in reality is not the truth. Don't pay attention to what you see. Pay attention to what you see in your mind and your dreams and believe that it will be achieved as long as it is done based upon the conditions of unconditional love and it's no longer just about you but it's about others we have to learn how to look out for others instead of just always looking out for ourselves but on today we have another episode of the evolutionary process and this is profound this is profound i have with me today one of the former members of the black panther party his name is Joel Veal, and he is here with us on today. He is also a part of getting organized for an actual revolution tour, in which I am proud to say I'm a member of as well, um, because this is very important. And we're going to hit on some, some very important things about this world that you may not be aware of, but please remember, take into consideration that we're going to talk truth. And when you come into my podcast, you got to put your ego aside. And remember, we are talking along the lines of humanity and along the lines of music. And most importantly, we're going to talk truth and not be triggered by it. Okay, if you're triggered, please evaluate yourself. Go within yourself and ask yourself, why am I triggered? Why am I offended? Why am I hurt? There's probably something there that we need to know uh, and something there that we need to learn. But anyway, I would like to introduce him now as he is fumbling through. I'm just going to be real <laughs> with you. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys and bring him to the mic. And it is Joe Veal, former member of the Black Panther Party. Man, this is deep. How are you doing today, my brother? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Very excited about this. And... Uh, you know, I'm ready to, you know, to get into it, you know. Like you said, like in your introduction said, I'm a former member of the Black Panther Party. I'm presently uh, a member of the National Get Organized for an Actual Revolution Tour. Right. And uh, so yes. let's have, you know, let's get into it. Absolutely. Now, there's some misconceptions about the Black Panther Party that you, as a personal member who was actually there, can clarify. Um you know, to our understanding and to from from the history that we were taught about this organization, they said it was a terrorist group. Um, they said this organization was made up of gangs who utilize um, nefarious means to grab the resources they acquired to help do what they do as an organization. Um, what can you give us as one who is an actual member of that party, some clarifications about the Black Panther Party and what they were trying to do for the community and for the world? Black Panther Party was a revolutionary uh, organization. It was a revolutionary party. Right. And the Black Panther Party was, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was about, like, uh, uh, you know, overthrowing the system and right. uh, to put an end to the oppression of black people and stuff. Now, it, it was straight up about that, clear. And it was, you know, when they, you know, and it was formed in 1966 in Oakland, California, right in the Bay Area here mm. and uh, up north from here. And, uh, and uh, you know, and it was really electrifying hmm. when they first, like, stepped out there. Electrifying right. because here you had these young black 
people, you know, coming out in their uniforms, black leather jackets, berets, and stuff, and they were patrolling the police. They, it was, you know, they had their, you know, weapons. They had their guns, they shot guns, they different like weapons and stuff to patrol the police to prevent the police from murdering and brutalizing black people and mm. stuff. And, but they were very, like I said, they were very disciplined like in that. And at the same time that they were doing that, they had the Red Book of Quotation of Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong was the, at that time, he was the leading communist revolutionary in the world. And the Panthers popularized the little Red Book for Mao Zedong during that time. That was the handbook of revolution that they popularized and spread throughout that time. So, you know, so yes, you know, so it was very, you know, you know, when people like saw this, it was very uh, electrifying. And so when they stepped out like with this, it was very electrifying, it was very inspiring, and it was very challenging and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, so, you know, all this stuff about the Panthers was terrorists or they was gangster bullshit, you know. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, when uh, this is how, you know, I, you know, joined like the Panthers and stuff. You know, this was part of the process, you know, like, I, you know, I knew him, you know, and I knew, you know, people that was in it. I knew Bob Avakian. I'm a follower of Bob Avakian today. He's a revolutionary leader like today. I knew him back during that time. I knew him even before I joined the Panthers, because when the Panthers stepped out there with revolution and stuff, one of the things they made it clear is that they was trying to build support for that revolution amongst different like races and nationalities and stuff. And that uh, and, and, and that Bob Avakian, who you know, was one of the first white revolutionaries who, you know, stood, stood out and supported like them. And when I started going to the rallies and different like things, Panther like rallies and stuff, and that's what I would see on the stage with these black revolutionaries and black militants, Stokely Carmichael, East Rap Brown, Bobby Seals, Eldridge Cleaver, James Farmer. It'd be Bob Avakian be up there like speaking. Like about, you know, black liberation and revolution and supporting like the Panthers and stuff. So that's what, you know, that's really like what the, you know, what the Panthers were about and, and, and everything. And, you know, and it, it's interesting, you know, that, you know, and, you know, they changed the law that the Panthers were, you know, like using to do their patrols. This is how threatening they felt like about that when, you know, when, you know, when, when uh, uh, they started defending the Panthers had like guns, not to, you know, we're not no gang like stuff where they, you know, fighting against other groups of, of the people. But they was they had their guns and they patrolled to defend the people against the murder and brutality that the police like bring down. Right. And stuff. So this was, a, you know, so they had changed the terms of like things and stuff. And so, you know, and so the, the rulers here, they got together and they changed the law that the Panther was looking for. What the Panther was doing was illegal. You know, you can, you could you can, you can. You know, you can have a weapon openly and stuff. As long as you didn't have a weapon, as long as you didn't have a bullet in the chamber, you know, and, you know, you can ride around in your car like with it, as long as it wasn't a bullet in the chamber. And it's, this was all like legal and stuff. And that's what the Panthers would like do. But when you got out of the car and stuff, then you could put a, a bullet off into the chamber. Right. And then when they was, you know, when the, you know, and it was different like cases that I've heard about or read about or yeah. heard about at that time. Well, it was these confrontations and the police, you know, because the Panthers would see them brutalizing some, or stopping some black person. They would stop and they would get out in their uniform and they would stand around in a disciplined like way and observe what the you know, police was like doing right. and everything. And then, you know, and and, you know, and so, you know, so this was, uh, sh you know, it was to the police. This is something really was uh, threatening 
and stuff. And they would, you know, and they would try to move on Huey Newton, Bobby Seals like this here. And they would, you know, no, you're not taking my weapon and stuff. And they would stand there, you know, militantly. And, and at that point, it's legal to 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 jack a chamber deck around off into your chamber and stuff and they would like this so you hear all these sounds clack 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 right. and stuff and they're standing off like that and uh and you know in, in different like cases the police found that they had to back off and stuff like and this was electrifying to like the to the people right. who had never seen this before nobody had never seen anything like this here like before and stuff right. And, you know, and people, and it was very serious. The Panthers was very serious, and they were very righteous well, and let, stuff in what they were doing. Let me interject because that's very important. So let's talk about what caused the, the party of the Black Panthers or that organization to form in the first place. What were some of the things that African Americans were experiencing in the community as a result of the police force that a lot of people may not be fully aware of back then that caused this party organization to form. What were some of the things that you can talk about in, in, in regards to that? Oh, it's like what we see like now, with what happened with George Floyd. Mm. That's why the Panthers like, you know, they started. It was like, it, it was just, you know, it was, when they, they first newspaper came out, when they first newspaper was a newsletter. It was, uh, you know, it was this youth that was killed in Richmond, California, which is right next to Oakland in the Bay Area. And the police had accused them of uh, breaking into something. And they were chasing him and they shot him and they killed him, you know. And, and you know, and, uh, but they lied about it, right? And, uh, and that's when, you know, and the Panthers, you know, they went out. You know, you know, they had a, you know, a protest and a demonstration out in Richmond, California to protest the murder of, uh, of uh, Denzel Dow. And, uh, you know, and uh, so that's why they started to stop that kind of uh, activity and stuff by the police. What we see, you know, what would be happening, you know, this, you know, we see it like t today and this and, and it's even more widespread today with black and brown like people, you know, being killed and shot down by like the police and stuff, whether that's, you know, Dijon Kizzee that just happened like here, Andreas Guardado, who they shot, the sheriff like shot and killed like both of them here in L.A. and stuff. But that's why, you know, and so, you know, that in terms of the immediate, but, you know, immediate situation that people was like facing. But it was also started to put an end to that, Con those conditions that, you know, black people was like facing, which, you know, how they was treated by the police was the concentration of, you know, the white supremacist and the op racial oppression that black people, you know, has always suffered under this system. And the Panthers said, we, we bring the solution like to that is to overthrow this system, to get to the root of the problem and stuff, you know, and like they, you know, the Panthers, you know, they were, you know, if they said at the time, there was, you know, the hairs of Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. Carrying on for what Malcolm X, that's what Malcolm X advocated, was self-defense and, you know, and, 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 you know, that this system, as Malcolm would say, this system was incapable of giving uh, uh, equality uh, to black people. And Malcolm used to, in one of his last major speeches, he talked about, could, you know, could the United States give, you know, justice or whatever to black people? Then he would say, you know, uh, can a you know, chicken give birth to a duck egg? And he say like, no, it cannot. An American cannot, cause it's, you know, and, and he talk about like why it couldn't, and everything. And then, uh, and he would, and Malcolm was increasingly going to, 
that's why he was inspired by like the Vietnamese, mm. you know, and, and the struggle that they was with because it was a small country who had inferior weapons, but they was taking on the most biggest country and the most mightiest military in the world in history. And they was defeating it there in Vietnam. And so Malcolm was increasingly that that black people need to learn from that and to take up like that. And the Panthers, you know, so they was taking what Malcolm had started and going like further, like with it right. in terms of like self-defense. But Panther was also calling for like revolution to overthrow that system and stuff. And then they was popularizing, you know, right. revolutionary theory. That's why they had like the Red Book and stuff like out there and everything. And then, you know, but then like, you know, I ended up in, you know, myself. It was, it was really, you know, when the Panthers, uh, you know, it wasn't the understanding about, you know, we, we didn't have a strategy to make revolution. What's the strategy we need to make revolution? The Panthers caught a lot of, a lot of repression because they had turned on a lot of people like to revolution. They played a role in turning on hundreds of thousands, if not like millions of people to revolution in this country and stuff. Not only like blacks, but like whites, Latinos, other races and nationalities and stuff like that. That's what the Panthers are. You got to relate to the vanguard. You got to relate to the revolution. We need a revolution. That's what they advocated. And so, you know, so this was having a really big influence even amongst people in the middle class, on the college campuses, as well as in the ghettos and barrios and stuff like that. So this was, uh, they found it, you know. Like I, they found it very like threatening. That's why you get the lies and the slanders and the distortion about what the Panthers were really about. And then some people want to say, oh, it was just about you know community organizing. It was just about you know giving away free breakfast and free food and whatever like this here. And the Panthers did like do that from the beginning. They was doing that, but it was in a different like context. Even when they started a free breakfast program initially, they was leading the masses of people to go up and demand, not from the little store, but from the big store, chain, whatever like this here, to demand people be, be able to have, like, you know, breakfast yes, before they, yeah. So, you know, people, like, go to school trying to, like, learn or whatever. But this is part of the process of people, like, taking matters into their own hands. Taking yeah. that responsibility. That's what all part of the revolutionary like process. The same thing they was doing when they did their patrols. They was leading the people to take this stand like themselves. Right. To take this, you know, that we don't have to accept this right. and stuff. And that there's, you know, there's a way to stand up and to fight against this. And you know, and this can contribute to the more that we, this can, can contribute to revolution to get rid of this system and stuff. Well, and, and for those who may be unfamiliar with the system. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that, you know, because I, I, I make matters. I, I try to bring that awareness to my audience through music, but also to to introduce a way of social awareness, um, humanitarian consciousness to to develop an understanding as to what system we're in at its core that needs to be, you know, that needs to be literally abolished and and to be and for it to be rebuilt into something that could be more meaningful for humanity so let's talk about that system what is the system that we need revolution against yeah it's the capitalist imperialist system that's what we like live under you know and bob Avakian, you know he has you know 
you know, develop like the understanding in terms of the nature of this. This is a system that we live in, like we was talking about like earlier. You know, all the wealth is produced. All wealth in society is produced like socially, globally and stuff, like our clothes and stuff. There's a whole process that goes on like here. Before it gets to us, like these shirts or shoes or whatever like we're wearing, it goes through a process where there's tens of thousands, much millions of people's like hand. Little women and little girls over in Bangladesh, you know, over those sewing machines. They're making like these clothes, with, making them in conditions where, you know, buildings collapse on them and stuff or they catch on fire. There's no fire escape. These are, you know, same thing with all our electronic devices. Whether you're talking about batteries, you're talking about phones or whatever. There's a problem. They're going in the mines in the Congo to get the coal tan, the cobalt that goes into these phones to make the electronic devices like work and stuff. There's little kids that's going into those mines. There's grown, you know, they're pulling out like those minerals. And those minerals come out and, and, and they get shipped around the world to put into these components. You saw over there in China, you see people stooped over a desk working 12 hours without let up and stuff to put like these different component parts like together that gets like shipped all around like the world. And so everything's being produced. There's a process here. And that and on that on the one side that that's going on, on the other side, that's why, you know, the same thing with cars or whatever. Our cars that get made, they get made all around the world through the same like process. But that's why you see like in here that same process where these factories have closed down in here in this side of this country because they're going around the world to exploit people more cheaply. Mm. But they can pay them like more like cheap and they can get greater like profits like through that. And that's the nature of the system. It's expand or die. They're in competition like with others, other countries, other capitalists and imperialists who are doing the same thing. It's expand or die. You know, it's the, you, or, or either you're gonna go on, you expand and you get greater profits or you're gonna go on and you're gonna lose out and stuff. That's just the nature like of the system. But here's the, here's the thing. And stuff. Everything is produced like socially and globally, but it's not appropriated like that. It's appropriated privately. Right. It goes into a process where this repeats that same conditions over and over yes. again. Yes. Well, the revolution is about overthrowing like that, right. and to bring about a system where the wealth is produced like socially, and it's and it's appropriated like socially and right. ultimately like ultimately globally and right. stuff not only like the wealth but all, all the culture and everything all the intellectual like understanding all that coming through like a social and global like process and it's appropriate like now you got like you know intellectual property rights and all that right. where you can't like use an idea or something like this and let somebody be able to make a profit off of it right. and they want to you know own it everything right. you, it's probably like oh this is just causing devastation that's why people are starving today because it can't be made for like profit and people are just left like to starve. That's why what's happening to the environment. The environment is getting, because the nature of this system, everything is like, again, it's for including like the environment, the, the earth and, 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 and its minerals. It's just, you know, it's being no, consumed. it's just being consumed in a mad like way to, 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 to create greater and greater profit and right. stuff. And the, the devastation, you know, uh, uh, of, uh, of the earth and the environment be like damned and shit like this here because uh, it can't even take that into account because it's driven by the expand or die.
like uh, 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 dynamic and everything. Right. So you're saying that the current system of our economy is causing more damage than we can even begin to conceive. And for those of us who are comfortable in this country are oblivious to the suffering that is taking its place worldwide as a result of this current system. Um, if we were to be aware consciously of what is going on around the world and how oppression of one particular people affects everybody, you know, what you believe would be done um, if we was to reach this point of awareness? Because, you know, it's very easy for us to say, well, that doesn't affect us, but we're all connected. And, and and I think that was the misconception of the Black Panther Party, too. We I think there was a misconception to believe that the Black Panther Party only stood for black people. Yeah. That was not the case. It, it, you were, the Black Panther Party was trying to bring awareness to the capitalistic, imperialistic ideals that for, that caused this situation to, to uh, manifest itself in the first place, correct? Yeah. So what, what you think is our greatest challenge right now um, in having this revelation be informed, what do you think we have to do as a humanity to to make sure that this revelation, this rev, I'm sorry, revolution, um, can actually be something that we can um, embrace and pursue wholeheartedly? Coming out, that's what people can do right now. It's coming out and being part of uh, June 12th, Argon, getting Argon, June 12th, getting Argon now. We're gonna let the world like know. That there's a force here in this country. We're getting organized for an actual revolution to overthrow this system. And, you know, a discipline, like, a disciplined force that, you know, we follow the leadership of B.A., Bob Avakian, revolution, nothing less. That's the only thing. That's what's going to get rid of this, get to the root of the problem. It's overthrowing this system. And now with Bob, with the work that B.A. has like done, with Bob Avakian has like done, we have a real systematic and scientific understanding of the nature of this system. We have a strategy to make revolution. We have the leadership that has the uh, method and approach that works together on the same, on scientific method and approach to making this revolution. We have a constitution for there's never been like there's never been one in the history of this country, a constitution for a new socialist republic in North America to replace this system once it's overthrown and, and, and a new system is put into place. And people need to get their hands like on there, but people need to come out on June the 12th. We're going to march from Southwest College to the L.A. Sheriff's Department in South Central Los Angeles. The sheriff's department with, you know, white supremacists all up in there. Gangs of white supremacy where they've repeatedly, over the decades, killed black and brown people. But the L.A. Sheriff's Department, like everything else, like everything else, like the police, the sheriffs, like the military, they are enforcers of this capitalist imperialist system. Hmm. And we are, and on, so June, on June the 12th, when we're out there, we're going to let people like know, and I'm a, everybody that's listening to be part of this, coming out there and being part of the rest. This is the only solution. This is why we're still like fighting the same fights that we was fighting back in the 60s. And we got to fight more. It's gotten worse. They have no solution to, how they, to the oppression and discrimination of black and brown people in this country. We still like... Uh, what they do to immigrants along like the, the demonization, the criminalization of immigrants. 
the demon, the dehumanization of women, which they've been taking away even the right to abortion, determine when and if you want to have, get pregnant or whatever, what to do with your like life, taking that like away, stripping them, that you a baby breeder, that that's, that's your role in society, taking away your humanity like of women, of, 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 of uh, different sexually orientated like people, the discrimination and shit. They have no answers. But to do that, because they system like needs that. They wars of empire like they doing today over there against, back in Israel and army like Israel and carrying out war against the Palestinian people and stuff. Right. This is the nature of like this. They had no solution to any of this here. Right. That's why we need a revolution. Yeah. Like what we was talking about with the environment. We need a revolution so we can solve these problems. Yeah. And, we, and we had the leadership for this revolution. Right. And people need to... I follow Baba Bacon. You need to like too. That's what we're telling people on June the 12th to come on out there and to be part of like this revolution and stuff and be part of this force, this growing revolutionary force. And there's going to be, there's going to be support demonstration in Chicago and New York. That's also going to march to the police stations like out there for the same thing, you know, with the uh, BA speech, revolution, nothing less. So that's what, you know, what we need to be, to, what people need to do, like now, in order to, you know, put an end to, to the, yeah, to the system and to the unnecessary suffering that people be like, that the system like puts people through right. all the time. So let's, let's highlight this system um, and, and expose it for what it is. Uh, for those of you who may feel as if there's nothing wrong with this system, how can you tolerate the genocide of, a, of people in their native lands? How can you tolerate um, the oppression of one group of people so that another can stay on top and maintain their superior, superiority? Let's talk about those six things, those six stops that this system does. That's for me. One thing that I know to be true of this system is that they maintain a system of division and utilize our beliefs to fight one another so that they can maintain their power, so they can maintain their um, influence in uh, assuring that the structure that that is in place to maintain this oligarchy of rulers is not threatened. So they utilize us humans, they, they utilize humanity as a tool to perpetuate their will. So the one thing I notice is that they love to divide us. Black versus white, Hispanic versus black, or Chinese versus versus this, or or uh, homosexuality versus straight, or Christian versus Muslim, Jews versus um, um, anything. You, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they maintain a system of divide, and they utilize that so they can facilitate these wars to maintain their power. What you think we need to do to overcome that? And can you tell us about the six stops that you you know that that you guys mentioned in the revolutionary um process here um to aid in this 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 uh, this consciousness of thinking what are those six thoughts that we need to be aware of in this uh system that we need to overthrow it's five stops you know kind of there's five oh five stops i'm sorry yeah five stops it, it kind of yeah that concentrates the uh uh the nature of this system Number one is the you know the oppression and uh, 
the oppression and repression black people latino people you know the white supremacy it's part of the dna of this system you know and uh that's the first stop you know and they can't reform you know they have no answer you know for that this has been you know in the you know from the beginning like what you was like saying it goes to the very foundation of how this country was like founded and stuff that you know the you know what's what what we seeing happen at the border like right now with you know people being put in concentration camps including like little children and stuff you know the demon demonization the the xenophobia like the fear and hatred of people that's not born in this country especially those of you know of of darker skin and stuff like that it's just a fear of like uh and 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 uh persecution of immigrants you know uh the dehumanization that we're just talking about of women and so you know reducing women you know to to sexual objects to baby breeders and shit like this here and the discrimination against you know uh uh people of of uh, of different uh sexual orientation that threatens the whole you know just by their existence this threatens, you know, the male supremacy, like nature. This is what the system is, white supremacy, male supremacy, you know, and American f- supremacy in terms of the first, like, three, you know, people that's not born in this, you know, nature, this is that American lies. And that's what we say. American lies are not more important than other people's, like, lies. But this system says that American lies count more than any other. There's no uh, on the planet and stuff. That's the third, like, thing. And then they wars for empire. You know, that's what all their wars are, have been about. You know, it's for empire. It's to expand their system all around the world to expand it from the coast to coast to this country. That's how, that's how, uh, where we live at like now, we in California, this is part of Mexico, you know, they raised war cause they were to, to spread slavery when, you know, the move slavery like West, you know, they took one third of Mexico's territory and, 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 and made it part of the United States and stuff. So, you know, that's all part of the so-called manifest destiny shit. And, uh, and, you know, and, and the destruction of the environment, you know, that goes into the nature. That's part of the nature of this system that, you know, that everything's for like profit. They can't even like calculate. And it's not even in their calculations of the destruction that, you know, that they system like cause to the environment. Because their system is all about like making like profit and shit. And the revolution, you know, we make revolution. Then that's one of the, you know, the... Uh, uh, the goals of this revolution, you know, being that, that where humanity and people are, you know, caretakers of the earth, passing it on to future generations in better condition than what we like received it and stuff, doing it like repair and shit like this here. That, you know, we serve the people. It's the goal of the revolution, creating a society that meets the needs of the people, of the masses of people and, you know, masses of people all throughout the world. And stuff, and you know, and spreading that revolution like all throughout the world and stuff, and uh, like I said, you know, and 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 dealing with the environment in a rational and scientific like way and stuff, and so this is uh, when you talk about like the five stops. These are the five stops, and you know, and 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 a lot of people hate either one or all of these stops. That's part of the basis of why revolution is possible, because people like hate these five stops, but this system can't exist without these five stops. Right. And so there's tension there all the time. But the, but but the, but 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 the point is to get to the root of that tension, to root it out, 
so that nobody has to like suffer, go through what those stops make people like going through. It's to, it's to uproot that through revolution, to lead people, to, to, to deal with the thing that makes them angry, whether they know it or not. Well, you know, to, to bring the understanding that where that comes from, it comes from the nature of this system. And what's the means for getting rid of it? It's, you know, leading like means, you know, when the, and working towards leading like means to hit that system at its roots so it can be like overthrown and a new foundation could be laid down for human society and for human interaction. And yes, this system does pit. That's the nature of the system. It's dog eat dog. So it always, so everything, you in competition with somebody else. Even if you get a job, you got to sell yourself. You got to prove that you're more sellable or your abilities are more sellable than the other person who's in line with you. Right. So you're always competing with other like people. If whether you want to go to school, it's the same thing. Right. Everything you in competition, like buy a home or whatever like this here, if you get a, if you got enough money to buy a home. Right. The whole nature of this system is everybody, you take an exam and you're in school. That's why you can't show the other student what you writing down for the like the test because right. you always in competition right. it just goes on through everything in this system and stuff right. well that's an irrational way <laughs> it is <laughs> yes, yes. so we, that's why you know it's, and, 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 and ba he does this thing about you know it's like especially like you in prison and stuff you know and so you got you in prison people walk around who gonna be the, you competition when you're in prison Right. Who's the baddest? Who's the shot caller up in here? Right. I'm going to regulate. Right. And so, but he, he did this thing about, that's kind of like walking up on, B.A. does his talk on, on, on his talk, B.A. over the years. Like in Cochran Prison, there was this big scandal that broke out a few years ago because the guards would, you know, they would put people in the hole and then, you know, and then they would, you know, keep them separated, the different races like separated. And then they would antagonize each, you know, group against each other. Then they would let them out in the yard where they know that the fight was going to break off and their guards be sitting and they'd be betting on the outcome, who's going to like win wow. and stuff. And then to break up the fight, they would shoot from the gun towers and kill who they wanted to kill wow. and stuff. And oh, so, and oh then, then, then B.A. said, this is like, and so then you got, you know, people saying, you know, and so they got us conditioned where we said, well, I'm going to be the baddest up in this prison. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the shot caller. And that's like, you walking up on a situation and where a man got a gun in a club and they're saying he's going by, going, and it got everybody standing up in a line and he's going down the line. He's breaking everybody's legs and stuff. And then somebody gets up and said, I'm going to be the baddest broke leg motherfucker up in this prison. Right. I'm going to be the toughest. I'm going to be the baddest. And he said, what kind of, what kind of. Conditioning. Natural yeah, conditioning is that. We should be like saying, hey, that man's going out here breaking everybody's leg. We That's need to get together and, and do something. Yeah. Just wow. stop that. See, that's the same thing under this system where they got us like what you were saying, competing different like groups against fighting like each other and stuff. Everybody trying to get, oh, I'm going to get mine. You're looking out for you like yourself. You train and you condition like that. And that's always, and so you're always fighting against some other group of like people, whether that's a different like race or that's even people in your own race. You start like, you know, fighting against, competing like with them. I got to stay ahead of this group. One step, when I was coming up, you know, kids, 
don't let the Joneses get you down. You know, you're right. not, you try to, you know, you totally compete like with the Joneses and stuff like that. Right. That is the nature of this. It's where we should be like fighting. Hey, we need to overthrow this. Nobody, you know, we don't have to live like this. Not only we shouldn't, but we don't have to. We can live a whole different like way. And this is what BA has like developed, the way that we can live that whole different kind of way. He has developed a whole new framework for the liberation of all oppressed people and the emancipation of humanity. That's why there's a new communism today. You know, it, and it takes from the experience of the whole revolutions throughout history, especially from the communist revolution throughout history. And it looks at the, the good things that it did, which was mainly the character like other, but also takes a, a hard and sober look at the bad things, the errors that was made and stuff. Right. He looks at it like all that and he's, he's recast it. He's recasted and reframed it. So now it's more scientific than what it was before. And now we have what we need to go all the way to eliminate all oppression and exploitation, not only like here, but all throughout the world. It's because of the work that he has like done. And like I was saying, I met him back in the day when I was in the Panthers and stuff. But I really got to like to know him is when I went to the pen. And I went and I got with other revolutionary prisoners in prison yeah. and they saw and I came in there announced, hey, man, I'm revolution. I had a certain attitude towards other prisoners. I said, y'all trying to win a longevity contest, trying to live a long life up here in the pen and trying to be regulators and shot callers <laughs> and all this. You should be out here trying to make revolution. Right. And, shit. and I said, you know, I don't care whether I live or die. The next five, I don't give a fuck because uh, if I live another five minutes, it's going to be on my terms and shit like this. I was just young, angry, and cocky, man. Right. And nobody could tell me like anything. Right. And then these prisons, like I said, these reverend words, brother, they said, well, if you serious, Joe, you got to read this. You got to check this out. And they had me to read Baba Bacon. And this is what I got to know about his thinking and how he analyzed like problems. They had me to read Baba Bacon. They had me read what he had written, wrote about the oppression of black people, what's the source of it, and what's the solution like to it. And when I read it, I had to acknowledge and recognize I had never read anything. I had read, I had listened to all of Malcolm X stuff. I had read France Unknown's Wretched Earth, Black Skin, White Face, all this stuff here. I had read all this stuff about what the Panthers and their Panthers leaders had like said about the oppression of black people and the solution like to it. When I read Black B.I., I recognized I had never seen nobody take this kind of approach. It was really systematic. It was really like scientific. And how you trace it, what happened to black people since like slavery and after like slavery through the Jim Crow and through the sharecropping like system. And then after like that, that how, you know, when black people like was forced off the land in the south, started coming into the cities in the south and in the north and out west and stuff. Last hired, first fire, segregated, red line, police murder and brutality. And the last hired first fire was a real description of what was like happening and stuff. And people were like segregated in the ghettos. You couldn't live over here. You try to move in these neighborhoods. White mobs, we just saw Tulsa, white mobs. Even if you stay in your own neighborhood, these white mobs with the sheriffs and, and, and the city officials. And none of these politicians, Republicans or Democrats at the time, speak out against it. Now all of them, now today they say, oh, what a tragedy or whatever. But none of them at that time, they spoke out and did anything against that. None of them. And shit. Let's talk about that 
that because we recently celebrated the 100 year anniversary of the bombing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. where there were signs of freedom, yeah. where the, there was a affluent African American community yeah. who had the opportunity to build from the ground up their structure of, let's say, empowerment. And they developed the city, which was called literally Black Wall Street. But right. talk about what occurred for those who may be unaware um, in that city a hundred years ago. Yeah, and uh, what what occurred? You know, it was uh, you know Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was you know which had a prosperous like what you was just saying, black neighborhood because they was forced right. to live in a certain part of Tulsa, and they it was Jim Crow. And, you know, so, you know, blacks couldn't, it, it could work in this other part of the town, but they couldn't live there and stuff. So it was a certain part. And then, uh, and so, you know, and people, you know, it was, you know, it developed black businesses, it, you know, schools and, uh, and uh, 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 jobs and bought like homes in this certain, you know, part of, uh, of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then, uh, uh, and you know, one day, uh, this uh, guy who was Dick Rowland, I think that's what his name, who was shining shoes, and he had to go use the bathroom. He got in the elevator because he had, he had to go to the Jim Crow uh, bathroom, and so he walked to this other building, got on the elevator, and this, this young white girl, she was uh, ran the elevator, and uh, we don't know what happened. Something happened in the elevator when the elevator door. Uh, Stop when the elevator stopped and the door opened. She screamed, and and it, and, we, and people like think that you know a certain move of the of the elevator might have had pushed uh, uh, Roland into her or something like that. But anyway, she screamed, claimed that she was sexually assaulted, and and they you know and they arrested him. Then the lynch mob like posseed up to take him out of the jail to go ahead and and, and string him up and lynch him. And then you know word got to the you know to. To, uh, to, to the rest of the black people in the town, and about 25, 75 of them uh, uh, who were veterans from World War One, because this happened in 1921, right. who were veterans from World War One, they uh, got armed and went to the jail right. where Roland was at and telling the sheriff that they was there to, uh, you know, to protect him, to make sure, you know, that he wasn't lynched to right. stop a lynching and stuff. And the sheriff, oh no, we got it under control. No one like word. So they left, and then the posse, then that lynch mob got bigger and bigger. Right. From hundreds, it turned into like thousands. Wow. And so they came back again a second time after they had left the first, and they came back again. These black veterans and stuff. Right. And when they had a few more people, uh, maybe a significantly more people like with them and stuff. Right. And then some somebody tried to to grab one of the rifles that one of the black vets like had. And a shot rang out mm -hmm. and stuff. And then after that shot rang, rang out, and then it, it turned into like, you know, a fight where, you know, the two sides were, were, were shooting. And then a number of people was like killed. A number mm -hmm. of like whites were more like blacks was like killed like in that. And then the mob was, like I said, it was thousands. And the sheriffs, well, you know, the sheriffs, the police, they was working like together like they were with the mob right. and stuff. And they, you know, so the, the black people had to retreat to back to the part of, of uh, uh, Tulsa that they lived on. I think it was called Homewood. Right. They retreated back to that area, and but the mob chased them and followed them there and stuff. And, you know, and I said, and all the, uh, the authorities, 
and the enforcers, like mm -hmm. these, you know, the police officers, at the time. exactly. You know, was part of that mob that chased me, and they started like burning. You know, like everything in the in the town, the homes, all the businesses, the schools, the hotels, everything was like set on fire and stuff like that. And uh, you know, it was over uh, how many? You know, it, it, today they're still finding uh, mass graves, and there was over like 300 uh, black people that was like killed, maybe even like more and stuff like that. And uh, but it was uh, the loss of. Uh, uh -oh. Sorry, yeah, he was getting currently receiving a phone call. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, but as he was saying, I, I and, and it's a it's a tragic story, and um, the the police department at the time were actually complicit with the mob who took it above and beyond what the original circumstance was. As you mentioned, they began to burn the businesses, they burned all the homes. Um, and 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 killed hundreds of innocent yeah. black lives to the point to where they even used and even a, a, a literally a bomb from airplanes, right, private planes, private, bomb. dropping bombs. Yes, right. It's just like what they did in '85 and moved in Philadelphia to the black organization. Moved the black mayor, he ordered them to drop a bomb on the move house in Philadelphia in 1985. But it was like, yeah, they had these private planes. They were dropping these kerosene bombs and stuff on people there in, in uh, Tulsa. And uh, so it was uh, every building, just about every building, man. It was thousands that was just like destroyed, burned out, and everything. They all it was all like lost. And it's been like no since that time. It's been like no uh, 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 even an acknowledgement, no real like a not common compensation, anything, you know, like for you know uh, that loss and stuff. But you know, but how can they compensate? Cause they they system. Why did that happen in the first place? You know, they system like that's the kind of uh, 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 crimes. And so there's many of them, the crimes of this system that they've com committed against black people, Latinos, Native American, people like of color. That's what, you know, United States, it would be no United, as B.A. says in, in his book, Basic, there would be no United States of America as we know it without slavery, without white supremacy, without what the, the crimes that they've done like in Tulsa and like they did like to the move house in Philadelphia in 85, you know, against it would be no United States of America as we know it without all of that, without white supremacy, without the oppression or without racial oppression. This system can't exist without racial oppression. That's why we need a revolution because we, we don't need racial oppression. We can get rid of it, but not under this system. And B.A., again, he has analyzed like that scientifically. That's what really, you know, that's what I began like to understand when I was in prison. And I started like to gauge him and gauge his like thinking that we had to have a scientific approach about like everything, about all those stops, every last one of those five stops. And about the whole, how human society is organized in the world today. We need a scientific, a real scientific like understanding of that and why and how and why revolution is possible, or how and why revolution is necessary, and how and revolution will solve these problems and stuff. But they never will be like solved as long as this system is allowed to continue to go on and on and on. So let me just say this, because this, this will sound radical to most. And for those of you who are staying in the podcast until now, please understand this. Even when I was growing up learning the history of the world, you know, of conquerors, and these, these wars that lasted at times hundreds of years. 
and even especially in this country, the beginning and organization of some of the things that are that are in place that we indulge in now. If you think about it long and hard, without the ego now, remember, we don't come in here at the ego. If we don't talk things without being offended, we just come in here to consider and, and, and have an open mind and consciousness to evaluate who we are as a humanity. Remember, everything goes back to humanity. It's not about race. It's not about the things that you hold on to your label. Just remember what it means to be human. If you look upon how this country was established and structured, and you look at it carefully, it was built upon criminalization. It's, it's something within you should say it's not right to kill uh, um, a native group of people that have been here for thousands of years and, and have someone say that I discovered this land. So you're, you're, de you're denoting a, a massive group of people who inhabited this land and took good care of it, by the way, and honored and respected it. And, and you have another group saying that we discovered it in 1492. Look how look 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 how that came about. What you just, because what they was trying to do, what was Columbus like out to do? You know, Columbus, you know, who they say you know discovered America, but like as you said, thousands of years, there was already people who, who was living here. So how did he discover any goddamn thing? Because there's already people living here who already had discovered it, right? And you know, thousands of years before right. and stuff. <laughs> but here you go that. You know, and because uh, they was, you know, they was looking for a trade route, right? Right. They was looking for a trade route to get to India. Right. You know, and he was, you know, he was financed by the, what, the Queen King of, uh, of Spain. Right. And to, to find this new trade route and stuff. And then, and, and, and the trade route through land, they had to find a trade route through sea because the trade route for, for, through land was blocked by another empire. Right. It was the Spanish Empire was trying to like this trade route, but it was blocked by uh, Islamic Empire to go through land and stuff. So they was trying to go around sea to, so they can you know circumvent right. that Islamic yeah. Empire. I think right. around in the area where Turkey and stuff is that like today and right. stuff. So they yeah, so they came through the this sea route and then they got turned around when it was at sea. <laughs> right. You know they thought they was going to India. But they got turned around and navigation like failed them. They, you know, the technology wasn't that advanced at that time. And they ended up in the, what is not, what is the Americas. But that's why they was called like Indians, right? Because he calm and still think he's in India and right. shit <laughs> and stuff. But that's what they was trying to like do. They're trying to find a trade route to get to the spices, to get to the minerals in like India that they can bring back to where like capitalism had more developed in different parts of like Europe and stuff and put it into that process of what we was talking about private appropriation of socially produced wealth and stuff and so when they got here to the americas oh these people are here and standing in the way and there's, there's gold there's silver there's minerals like here and these indians here they're standing in the way and that you know they got this whole thing you know and and so they slaughtered them you know the genocide and all this here right. and they first they put them off into these mines they buried them almost alive in the mines to hunt for silver and gold and stuff. Just like what we see like happening in the Congo today with these kids. They almost like buried literally down there to get this coal tank and this cobalt and shit, man. And then, uh, 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 you know, and and the ones that didn't bury like a they were burying alive in those in those mines and stuff. It's looting like the, uh, the India, taking, you know, what they was going there for the trade routes, trade routes and stuff to get the spices, to get the minerals, to get the, the silk, the silk and, 
and the cotton or whatever like this here and you know in Africa you know uh, 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 people you know putting off into the turning into like slaves to to, 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 to to keep the engine going to keep the engine going to be brought into this process of, of capitalist accumulation and they had you know child labor there like in Europe and shit like this here right. and stuff oh this is part of the the very early beginnings of the capitalist system and shit right. you know that's developing to a global system of imperialism today yes. they, well, they do all this on a world on a worldwide world scale right. you know and uh but again that, that all this is you know part of the the basis and the and, and the needs for why we need like revolution and to, to get out to you know and it's possible you know to bring about a different process of human you know interaction existence. and and existence and stuff like that right. so yeah. uh, that's where that's where that's where we at I appreciate you. People uh, coming out on the 12th, yes. June the 12th. I, we talk it, but I don't want to lose sight of June the 12th to come out, you know, at uh, Southwest College, 2 p.m. We're going to march from Southwest College on Imperial and Western to the sheriff's off in the South Central at Imperial and Norman. We're going to march through the neighborhood, end up at the sheriff, sheriff's office like there, and letting people like know there's a force like here that is organized for an actual revolution to overthrow this system. And that, you know, and that, and we had a leadership like for that. The leadership is Bob Avakian. The leadership we have is the, the, the revolution clubs that we have and stuff. And people, you know, uh, need to uh, be part of that. Like I follow Bob Avakian. You should too and be part of this revolution. Revolution can happen and people have to, it can happen because, you know, the more that people become part of it, you know. And, and and become part of the leadership for it and 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 and, and to start uh, uh acting to impact the whole social situation in this society in the world today to awaken like others that they is like such a force just like how the panthers like awaken my generation they got way out there with revolution right. to let people like know they are serious and they're righteous about right. this revolution yeah. If they've never got out of the, out there like with that, then maybe we wouldn't even be here like the where, we are now. where we are like now and talking about, you know, building off of what they did do right. and being able to take it like further and stuff yeah. because we have the leadership and we have that experience and we've learned from that experience and we learn from other experience throughout the world. That's again goes back to the work that BA has like done. We learned through all that experience. And we got an even more rational and scientific like understanding of this whole revolutionary process. So being out there on June the 12th, 2 p.m. and being part of this march to let people like know, you know, we're not gonna be distracted by what the sheriffs like try. We just won this battle. They had they was denying us permit. They had to back off of this denying us permit. Cause all kind of, we had, cause all kind of people signed a, signed this statement demanding that the Revolution Club be allowed to march. You had people like Carnell West signed this statement, D R D G Kelly, press at UCLA, people in the National Lawyers Guild. You had actors from Hollywood, or whatever, like this here. You had different like people like signing this statement from here, from L.A., but also in other parts of the world. They're saying they standing with the revolution and for the sheriff to back off of them denying this permit to march. Absolutely. You know what? June, uh, June 12th is going to be a huge day. And I'm, I'm running out a lot. I'm running out of time. But this will be a continuation of Joe Ville. 
former member of the Black Panther Party, thank you for sharing your perspective. And I appreciate you for giving us the opportunity to be introduced upon the state of our humanity, the state of our world, and the responsibility we have now that must take its place if we are going to make it as a society, if we're going to make it, importantly, as a humanity, we have to recognize where the world needs to change. And if we're comfortable, just learn how to put yourself in the place of those who are oppressed and see your power and understand why this must take place. Please do not feel as if you're entitled to anything. You're just fortunate by the grace of God that you're here not experiencing the atrocities all around the world. And for those who are oppressed, the things that are happening to them in their lives, we have a responsibility to change it. And I am embracing that with my man, Joe Veal and the revolutionaries. Um, we'll give the website in the description. I'll speak it here, revcom.us. Um, please look into it. We will be marching. And please remember, look at your humanity. Get rid of all your labels and let's move forward. Thank you, Joville. Handshake, my brother. And we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Remember, this is the evolutionary process. Hold on to your dreams in unconditional love, not just for yourself, but for human humanity as well. And uh, this is bigger than life. And I'll catch you on the next one. Love you all. Peace.